All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside of the Lions podcast. I'm your co-host, Mace Magruder, followed with, of course, none other than Jacob Newton. Super producer Liam is actually absent again today, but he'll be back at it soon enough. Got a really tight work schedule. I feel like this is, um, you know, it's becoming an every week thing. So everyone berate Liam with some trash talk. He deserves it. But before we dive into some Kansas State breakdown, Okie State preview, I do want to give a good shout out to our good friends at BNC Fieldhouse. They got the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. If you want a bite to eat, got great cheeseburgers there. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. It's a great environment. And if you're not up for the game day vibes, head on over to AJ's Ultra Lounge if you're wanting to do some clubbing. Or, of course, uh, Mickey's if you're into some karaoke. But we will start ahead with our K-State breakdown. And new, I just got to say right off the bat, I was right and you were so wrong. Yes, that is correct. I said that I wanted to be a big dumb idiot. I'm happy to be a big dumb idiot. Happy um, to. It was fantastic. It was a, a great Iowa State win. Um, Brees Hall, man. I, I I know that we we I don't think I've ever said a bad thing about Brees Hall in my life. I don't think I ever will. I don't ever want yeah. to. I might name my first child after Brees. Um, he, I love him. Um, and he set the tone, man. We we showed up in Manhattan first play of the game, and he houses it. And it's just insane. It's insane. And and that's that's the best way to take a crowd out of it, man. Like you want to just quiet down a a rowdy crowd that needs a win and you just absolutely just you know run all over them to start the game first play it was beautiful and you know i i thought we did a very good job offensively um defense was good i'm i'm still so frustrated by special teams man they are so goddamn frustrating and it's very annoying because, like, they are the reason why things are as close as they are and whatever. Um, Mevis, amazing. That's Is it Mevis or Mevis? Mevis, Mevis, All right. tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Either way, he's getting praise here. He's getting praise here. Yeah. I apologize. We'll it. figure it out. Uh, uh, we'll figure it out. He's fantastic. Everything else, yeah. punting especially, atrocious. Gross. Got to figure it out. I hate it. Um, but he yeah. did not house a kick though. That was good. It, it is. It's sad that that's our um <laughs> our expectations, but yes, they didn't. Yeah. So that was helpful. You know, it was it was a very good road victory. Obviously, there are things that you can get nitpicky about and, and everything with that, but they held together. You know a very, very good performance. And I'm, I'm so worried about this game because I feel like every time I come home for homecoming, like it's against Oklahoma state and we've lost, like, I I'm pretty sure they've been the only two losses in Brocktober. Like there's some stat out there. I believe it's like, we're 13 and two or 15 and two in, in Brocktober. And the both of the losses are to Oklahoma State. And I'm pretty sure both of the losses have been on homecoming too. Cause for some odd reason we have played them on homecoming for like 
a fair amount. We of always do. It, it really yeah. feels like we always play them. And, and honestly, I'm okay with it. We're, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves going to an Oklahoma state preview, but I do want to just mention this. Like there are always such a fun game to watch. I would say to Oklahoma state every single year. I, I don't know what it, what it is about it. It's like the most reliably fun game to watch. Um, it, it is scary though. And at first I wanted to say, you know, Brocktober started against Okie state in Okie state's territory. But then I looked it up and it was actually uh, like the last week of September. So I don't know, maybe I, I was excited. We got them in, in October, but yeah, maybe they're kind of our, our Brocktober kryptonite. Hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. I'm going to pull a Jacob Newton. I would love to be uh, more than happy uh, to be wrong here, but yeah, they, they're a very scary team. It's always close. It's always really fun. Um, but I got a lot of respect for Gundy. I love the way they play too. I, I mean, when I think of big 12 football, Oklahoma state is one of the first that comes to the forefront of my mind. Like they just, the way they play is just the epitome of big 12 football. And I love it. I love big 12 football, but um, nonetheless, they, it's not one of those games where it's close. And we always, you know, pull out on top, kind of like Texas tech. Uh, they, ha- they haven't always been close, but um, it's, it feels very split. And if anything, it feels like they usually have the upper hand against us. Okay. I'm going to reverse this back a little bit. Let's do that. Do you have any last thoughts on K-State? I, I do. No, yeah. Well, going back to your point about Brees Hall, starting out strong, specifically with the run game, makes the rest of the game so much easier. So literally first play of the game, a house call, you're right. That opens up the run. Defenses have to play up. They can't They can't sit back and, and let Brees just get 10 yards every play. They have to play up to stop the run. And then that's where – you know, it unlocks the passing game. And what did I talk about? The passing game is where we're going to beat him. I was kind of right, kind of wrong, but Purdy 22 for 25, 208 yards, a touchdown. And he, he was in the weirdest way. I mean, 22, 25 is really good, but in the weirdest way, his box score almost doesn't reflect his play. Like I thought he was pretty outstanding the entire game. Admittedly, I didn't watch the entire game because like I said, I was at a wedding, but from what I did see, it looked like one of his best games and he truly feels back. I love Brocktober. My goodness. It's so much fun, but yeah. And and shout out to Sean Shaw. Great touchdown grab. You know, it just felt like things were starting to click. It didn't fully click, but it just felt like we were finally starting to hit our stride that we've been meaning to hit for, for quite a while. Yes. Um, I mean, I think Brock, Brock just did what was needed, um, which was great. Brees was obviously a monster on the ground. Yeah. Over six yards of carry, almost 200 yards, very close. Wanted to get him to 200, and he actually had a negative carry that, that took it away at the end, um, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. It is. But it was, it was a lot of very efficient and um, – I mean, no turnovers, which is always fantastic. Um, and drive sending mm-hmm. with points. Um, Mavis, Mavis, we'll figure that one out. Um, Let's call him Mavis, something in between. <laughs> just just zig <laughs> while everyone's zagging. Yeah. Um, Mavis. I mean, dude, four for four on field goals for a college kicker. And, I mean, they were not gimmies at all. Fantastic. Like he won big 12 special teams player of the year and 44 um, yarder in college football. That's not a gimme. You're right. No wide hashes too, man. It's a lot harder to kick in college. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. The other thing that I was 
loving, absolutely loving, was Jalen Noel's play from the slot. I was was just about to say he had a hell of a game. It was so Mm -hmm. beautiful because that is something that we haven't had for a while. You know, X is a very typical outside receiver and and plays out there. And, you know, I, I don't think we've had someone who's been extremely effective from the slot since probably, you know, Deshante Jones could run anywhere, but he, he did kind of feast in the slot and a lot of those short routes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just especially on the third down, it, it just seemed like whenever we need to catch Jalen was, was making some big plays. So I, I love to see that true freshman. Um, obviously, hopefully that can, that can continue. And this is just kind of the start of something good. You know, it's, it's pretty good when, dude, we didn't have someone eclipse 50 yards receiving this week. We, it was spread mm-hmm. out so much, um, which is good. I mean, but skates like, didn't even get a catch and that's, that's not, that's no shake against him because the, the air game was pretty solid. It, it just goes to show that even with our weapons, we don't even need to use them all to be effective. Yeah. I mean, nine different people had catches. It's so. crazy. It was, and it was it was really good to see Shaw get that touchdown too. I, I feel like I, I don't know anything about Shaw. I'm not in the locker room, obviously. I feel like his confidence might be a little shaken this year. So just getting that, getting his feet wet, it, it feels like that's that's a good look for hopefully the rest of the season for more um for more of those to come. I mean, honestly, the whole receiving group in general could probably use a little bit more confidence it's it's kind of an x and and that's been about it uh for the most yeah. part you know and kolar but not, i mean not necessarily a receiver. not the receiving group but yeah you know our tight ends have been obviously great i mean chase and kolar have stepped up when needed and they obviously do mm-hmm. a lot for blocking as well but yeah a i mean this is a beautiful blocking. thing and and we hope you know it's obviously not a one-hit wonder with with jalen um love to obviously see him stay involved in the office and be a, a great um, help with Purdy. So hopefully this is the, the start of something new. I mean, we, we're going to need – that's the beauty and beast of college football. We're going we're gonna to need another receiver to kind of step up next year because, you know, mm-hmm. Xavier graduates and, and everything like that. So you, you need people to, to fill in the, the shoes of others. But Well, you know what's crazy? Just because you're segueing me perfectly. Uh, I don't know the exact number. I think we have four four-star wide receiver recruits coming in next year. I could be wrong. I, I know we've landed at least four four-star receivers because uh, one of them just got a bump to a four-star, and they all look great. And that's been one of the things that Iowa State has always excelled at. Even, even back in our 2000s, 2010 years where we weren't quite that great, we always had Jarvis West. We got Josh Lenz on the pod later on. We've always had these very solid receivers um, and couldn't quite get – some other pieces around them, but it's just nice to kind of continue to build that area because the game is becoming more pass heavy. You have to have threats on the receiving end. And it's just good that we, it feels like we always got that buttoned up. I mean, knock on wood, but yeah, it, it, I'm feeling a lot better about passing game lately. Um, I have a stupid idea. Yeah. So you know how they have like the turnover chain. I think Miami started that. Okay. Hear me out. This would be expensive. I don't know if um, if Jamie Pollard can help us out with this. But there's this one thing. I don't even know what it's called. I'm just going to call it the tornado booth, okay? We have a tornado booth. And 
I went to this one place when I was younger called Farley's Family Fun Center in, in Des Moines. It was great. It was just like one of those huge arcade, you know, areas where you could play laser tag, play any game that you wanted when you were a kid. But they had this booth that would have a bunch of single dollar bills and it would just blow a bunch of air in there and, it, and the bills would just fly everywhere. And you just try and grab as much as you can within like 30 seconds. I say we get that for our sideline. If someone gets a turnover, they get to go in the tornado booth for 30 seconds and try and collect as many $1 bills as possible. We might be incentivizing some strip club visits, but I think that would be really fun. It would also be very unique in a cyclone tornado booth. I don't know. Stupid idea or great idea. I don't hate it. I do not hate it. You could get some boosters to throw some cash in there. Um, make it like yeah. dining dollars if you have to. I don't fucking know. They can go get Panda with it. Um, yeah. We could do a lot with it. How fun would that be? And think of, think about that scene on TV, just looking at Mike Rose and they're trying to grab as many dining dollars as he can. That's fun. That's fun. Yes. So that's my, that's my stupid idea of the day. Well, I think that's a good way to, to segue um, into our interview with Josh Lenz. We're very excited to, to speak with him about his time at Iowa State um, and, and hop into the deets. And hopefully y'all enjoy it as well. And then stay tuned afterwards for a little homecoming preview of Okie State. Thank you. Thank you. Roll clones. Roll clones. All right. We welcome in Josh Lenz. Big Iowa State wide receiver back in the day, 2012 captain, 104 catches, over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns, which is top 10 in ISU history. Also a Dubuque, Iowa native, and also played on five separate NFL teams. So high profile guy we got on the pod today. Super excited about it. Josh, my first question. So Dubuque guy, coming from a small town like that, how was the transition into D1 football. I mean, you had a considerable amount of playtime as a true freshman, which is insanely impressive. But did you have one of those, you know, welcome to D1 football moments or or anything like that? That you're like, okay, this is this is a step up from a from a high school ball. No, I, I think the biggest thing. Oh, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you course, know, it's, it's always interesting uh, listening to those stats because I'm not a big stat guy. So whenever you read those off, I'm like, oh. Okay. You're a football guy then, huh? Yeah. 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 So, um, no, I, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, the, the transition was, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think more than anything, the football is football. Like you you play, you're an athlete, you, you know what you're getting into, but I I'd say the biggest, I guess not hurdle. I think the biggest challenge is everything outside of it. Cause you know, when you're in high school, you go from, you know, you have your practice times and, and, and that's really it. You have games and it's a set time. When you get to college, it's, it's all day, every day football. Um, you know, they're, they're telling you when you need to be at certain, you know, whether it's lifting or practice or your classes, I mean, everything's scheduled out for you and your free time is just gone. I mean, it's, it's a job. And so I think that was the biggest thing to really get over was, is, you know, balancing, you know, still trying to have somewhat of a normal life, but then understanding that this is like essentially your job now. And so, you know, I think that was the biggest thing for me going into college is just being like, okay, like this is a full-time deal here. Like you got to step up and handle your business. But I'd say from the, from the, the plane standpoint, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't really have any expectations to go in and, and play right away or anything like that. I just wanted to go there, do what I do, play football, and whatever happened, happened. If I ended up redshirting, fine. But I was able to have, uh, you know, a good offseason coming into the season, uh, have, a, have a good training camp, and, um, you know, it just kind of worked out that way. I was, I was able to show some value by returning punts and, and you know, being sure-handed back there and, um, you know, make some plays in training camp. And it just kind of worked out that way that there was, there was a good chunk of us from, um, from our freshman, freshman class that ended up playing. But, um, you know, being in, being in training camp um, is a little bit different than you, you get out in front of 60,000 fans and you're standing back there returning punts and you're like, okay, so this, this, is, this is it. Okay, I got it now. So once you get that, you know, that first couple snaps out of the way or, you know, catch that first punt, it's all good. You just, you know, you react, you play football and it, it's just, it's the same. It's, it's what you grew up doing. It's just in front of a lot more people. <laughs> Did, was Jake not a true freshman with you? Yeah. So Jake, okay. AJ, um, I thought Jeremy AJ was Reeves. older. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so our freshman year, our, uh, we lived in Freddie Court, all the incoming, um, all the whole football team. If you're a freshman, you stay at Freddie Court. And uh, mm-hmm. our apartment was me, Jake Knott, AJ Klein, and Kyle Lichtenberg. And so uh, of us four, three of us played our, our freshman year. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, it was, it, was, it was nice to have other guys, you know, around you that are, are kind of going through the same thing. You know, we'd, we'd go travel on the weekends, and, and Kyle's like, all right, peace. I'm going to go party all weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um but it it was fun it was uh we had a good time and that that year we were able to go to the um the insight bowl and and win that down down arizona and uh that was that was fun and that was one of iowa state's first bowl wins if i remember correctly yeah yeah it, it had been a real long time and so um you know there's a lot of games that year that we felt we should have uh we should have won you know, only ended up getting six and then, um, oh, hey, Andrew. um, got six and then, um, ended up getting the seventh for the bowl game. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it worked out real well. That's awesome. I, I have a question. I, I hate to be like that guy that talks about high school football here, but you mentioned like punt returning and all that kind of stuff is that kind of like the most fun job to have? Like, it's scary, but it's, I feel like it's, it's like the most electric play in football. Did you really enjoy being a punt returner? Cause I feel like that compared to being a kick returner is so different because kick returning is really coordinated and you rely a lot more on getting blocks set up and kind of, I mean, it's kind of boring to be honest, where punts <laughs> have a lot that go into it. Like how, how do you, like, did you enjoy that more than being a receiver? Like, would you rather like, Hey, I want the ball on a punt return or, or like, um, you know, going one-on-one with a guy or, or kind of, I don't know, talk about how just, I feel like you have to be a, a little, a little crazy or, or creative <laughs> back there, but it's, it's very fun. So, yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that was something I, I did in, in high school, uh, return kicks and, and punts. And so naturally I just did it when I was at Iowa state and, um, 
you know, like, like you said, you're back there and, and personally, you know, you're on an Island back there. And personally, I would rather catch punts than return kicks because like you said, you're back there, you're by yourself. Um, you can usually gauge, you know, if you're going to have a chance to return it or not, but if it's a, if it's a one that's hanging up there for a while, you have the opportunity to fair catch it and know you're not going to get destroyed. Um, but whereas it kick returns, man, uh, you know, I always said this, you're catching the ball running full speed that way. And the kickoff team is running full speed this way. So some of my biggest collisions that I took in college were on kickoff return. And so if I had a choice, there's, you know, hundred percent chance I'm, I'm going and, and taking a, a punt return over a kick return. Because like you said, it, you know, when you're, when you're catching a punt, you can, you have the opportunity to, you're standing still, right? So those guys are running full speed. They got to break down. You can, you know, make a miss and then get up field. Whereas kick return. I mean, if you don't, if there's not a hole there or, I mean, there could be a hole there and you're like, oh yeah, this is going. And then all of a sudden there's just a guy out of nowhere just destroying you. So, um, it's, so it's a lot harder. Sorry. I was just about to say, it's a lot harder to make a move kick returning because you're just running full speed, but I never even thought about that. I, I used to return kicks too, but yeah, it's, it's so much easier to kind of make someone miss on punt return. I never really thought about it like that until today. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, no, I did that. And like I said, I think my, you know, my first couple of years, I definitely did a lot more uh, punt return. I had a bigger role in that, um, you know, towards the, the back half of my career, junior and senior year, I was just playing so much more on offense that, um, you know, I go back there every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think I, I would be curious to see how many I did my junior and senior year versus my freshman sophomore year because my freshman sophomore year I was back there almost every play um, even during mm -hmm. the the bowl game I didn't play much at receiver because in the I think that was the year oh, I'm trying to think so my freshman year is inside bowl my freshman year I had a I got a hernia against Nebraska and played the rest of the season and um it, I mean, it was awful. That really set me back because I just, it was, I was like, guys, that there's some, I'm like, I don't know what a hernia like feels like, but this has got to be it. And so, you know, we just treated it like it was a, a growing, you know, a sprain or something. And then after the, after the season realized it was a hernia and I'm like, that makes sense. But going into yeah. the bowl game and everything and towards the end of the year, I really wasn't playing much receiver because of that, because I, I mean, it just, you know, once you get top speed, it's fine. But like getting in and out of cuts, it's just, it was terrible. And so, but even to, to my point is, so in my freshman year, the only, really the only thing I did in the, in the bowl game was catch punts and, and return kicks. And so, like I said, I was back there every, every play for, you know, my, at least my first two years. And then once I start, started getting more of a role, in the, in the offense, then we started kind of rotating guys based off of, you know, reps that we were getting on offense. So, mm -hmm. I mean, as a true freshman to have, you know, a returning role and just returning kicks is so much fun, like Newt mentioned, but yeah, it's, it's a very solid job to have, especially as a true freshman. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, just the variety of QBs that you played with. So, Jerome Tiller, Austin Arnod, Steel Janis, Jared Barnett, 
Sam Richardson. There might even be one more that I don't even have listed, but those are all guys that you caught balls from. And it's hard to establish chemistry with just one QB, let alone five. So that's impressive. Was there any sort of QB that you'd maybe prefer throwing you the deep route or I won't make you pick, but like, how was it, how hard was it to establish that chemistry? And maybe was there one that you maybe kind of had a special connection with? It, 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 it's funny you said, because, you know, when I, when I go back and, and think about that, you know, there was a lot of quarterbacks and it is hard as a receiver to, to really, you know, get a connection with, with a quarterback. And then the next week it's a different quarterback. I mean, you're still going out there and, and you know, doing your job and um, you know, no, no matter who's under center, but I would say they all had their own, you know, style of play or the, you know, type of ball that they threw that made them, um, you know, unique or, or different. And for, for me, you know, Arnaud, the first couple of years, um, he was a, you know, just a true uh, leader. And, you know, you could just tell he had been there for four years and understood what that quarterback position was. And, you know, we knew he was our guy. Um, you know, the, the second, I would say my junior, senior year, that was when we had Steele and uh, JB and um, Sam. And so at that point, there was a true quarterback competition. And, um, you know, they all kind of had their their own thing. And, um, you know, I think Steele Steel had a crazy arm. I mean, he could throw it a, a mile. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there he had spurts where he just looked, unreal and then you know for every for some reason you know we would something would happen and then um you know jb would get the opportunity and he'd come in and he'd look great and he'd run mm-hmm. the offense and um you know i think my senior year it was steel jb and sam where we had three quarterbacks my senior year and sam was the same thing he was just very calm cool collected threw a great ball i mean they're all great quarterbacks and um you know like I said, it's just hard to, to get that connection with them. Um, for me, uh, JB, um, I, when he was in there, uh, one thing I loved about JB and, you know, and Sam to the same, same extent, but I didn't get to play with Sam as much. Um, you know, they, they weren't afraid to kind of go outside the box and, you know, kind of make something happen. If, 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 if the play wasn't there, um, you know, they weren't afraid to, um, you know, check out of something and, and, you know, just really be their own play caller out there. And, um, you know, knew weren't afraid to do that, knowing that if it didn't go well, they're going to get their ass chewed in, in mm-hmm. meetings the next week. And um, one play I always go back to is, again, in the TCU game, um, which was, you know, my favorite game that I played in by far, um, was having a, having a good game. And I was just just feeling it that game. And we get down to like the two-yard line or something. And we had a run play called. And I yelled in to JB, and I gave him the signal that I was running the slant. And I, I didn't know if he was going to throw it or not, but I was just like, hey, I'm running a slant. Like, this guy's one-on-one with me. There's no way I'm not winning that. And he threw it. Like, if you go back and watch the film, he <laughs> – we had, I mean, all, everybody's run blocking and he steps back and throws a slant and we score a touchdown. 
so it's just stuff like that that like you said he wasn't afraid to to um you know change things up and uh, well I'm, yeah I'm all, looking all those at, guys are great you had three touchdowns that game and you <laughs> okay four if you want to count your passing touchdown that's just I, I remember that game that was that was insane um so I, I want to ask on on the topic of quarterbacks you know this is my theory. I could be wrong, but every single one of those QBs that we mentioned are not uh, Steele, Barnett, Sam Richardson. All four of them had at least a few games where they looked insane. They looked really mm-hmm. good. And, yeah. and I, my whole thing is, could it possibly have been film that maybe down the road hurt them? I don't know if that's true or not, but what's so impressive to me about Brock Purdy right now, I don't know if he's our longest tenured quarterback we've ever had. I think he is. He's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. And he has been so solid for so long. And just this year, you're starting to see some fans kind of start to critique him. And I, I just, you know, that's, that's why I have so much respect for these longer tenured QBs like Rogers, like Tom Brady, there is years and years of film on these guys. And it's easy to eventually get them. And that's, you know, I, I, that's why I think, you know, sometimes Purdy's getting these tough shakes because yeah, he looked insane as a true freshman and it's, it's hard to look that way as a true freshman, but you know, so many of these teams have film on him and they've also played against him year in and year out. There's things that you can kind of figure out with everyone. I don't care who it is. So how, how has that impressed you just kind of watching Purdy just be that guy for such a sustainable time period? Yeah, no, what he's been able to do is, is, is awesome. And I think it's great, you know, great for him, but it's also great for the program to, to have a quarterback that, you know, you can rely on week in and week out. Yeah. I mean, like you said, as, as the fan base, you know, they're going to say he didn't do as well as, as we had hoped the first couple of games, but um, you know, he, what he's done for the program is so impressive and it, he, he's brought us to where we are today. And so, you know, I, it, it, I, I'm very impressed with him. And the, even this last game, this Kansas state game, it was the last couple of games, I guess. Um, I've been really impressed with just how he's looked and, um, you know, it's really spreading the ball around. Um, you know, I, I think in the past, I think he's getting back to a little bit more of what he's doing and, or what he was doing, you know, in the years past of just, you know, just letting it all hang out there, playing, you know, getting to that backyard football, uh, slinging around, uh, don't necessarily have to stay in the pocket to make a play and, um, you know, getting to some of those second, third, fourth reads, um, scrambling, finding those guys, distributing the ball and just looking a lot more confident. I think he's, you know, I think from, from his standpoint, it's, um, you know, I think he is comfortable doing that. Right. Whereas, and I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but if you have the coaches saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's get it out quick. You stay in the pocket. You're protected where I think he's comfortable getting outside, right. Scrambling a little bit, playing some backyard football, getting the ball downfield to the guys, um, you know, as the play uh, progresses and breaks down and defense breaks down. So, um, you know, I think he's comfortable with that. And, the last couple of games, he's looked a lot more comfortable too and, and confident. And it's good to see that we're in Brocktober. So that's always mm-hmm. a good sign for us. Absolutely. We, we love Brocktober here. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I have 
I've been saying lately, like to people like October is my favorite month and there might be some recency bias because like normally I would say it's winning and, and that makes me pretty happy. So yeah. um, we're definitely <laughs> excited for that. Um, so you mentioned that your, the TCU win was your favorite game. I wanted to bring up another, I'm assuming favorite game. Uh, what was it like beating Oklahoma state and like ending the BCS and the fans storming the field, Ames, Jack Trice that night, like just any, any, any perspective or how that was as a player and going into that game and stuff, just like, that's got to feel amazing. Yeah. So that one's, that one's kind of a, a bittersweet one for me. Like obviously getting the win was, was unreal. And it was uh, just the energy in the stadium that night was, I mean, you just knew we were going to win and going into that game, um, you know, it was feeling pretty good having a, having a decent year. And uh, I think the first quarter I had three catches for 33 yards. And then on my third catch, it was kind of a little seam route and I caught it low. And when I caught it, I got rolled up. So I was out after the rest of the game. So I didn't play the rest of the game. I was on Man. crutches on the sideline watching that game. And it just absolutely killed me. So, um, I mean, obviously it was awesome that we got the win and I'm, I'm glad that we got the win, but like I said, that one's, that one's a little bittersweet for me because like I said, just because of the, what happened, um, you know, I wasn't able to be a, a part of it for the, for the entirety of the game, but, um, you know, just storming the field. I mean, I was like, I said, when everybody stormed the field, I'm trying to get around on crutches and, um, <laughs> but it, just towards the end of the game, even so, you know, they went down, they, I can't remember exactly how much we were down, but even when we were down, you know, a couple scores, it just felt like we have this, like we're going to win this game. And, um, you know, I get goosebumps every time I think about it because it was just, it was one of the coolest games, you know, I've ever been a part of. And, um, you know, hopefully we can pull it off again this weekend. But the, an another funny, funny story about that is, so when, at, um, you know, my time in the NFL, I ended up, uh, being a teammate of Brandon Whedon, who was a quarterback for that game. Yeah. So him and I were in, in Houston together. And, you know, to this day, you know, when we were, when we were playing, he was, he was so pissed off about that. Like he, <laughs> he, he hates it. He hates it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. We, um, I'm pretty sure that that following spring break, we went down to Destin and, and drank for free from all the, the Bama fans. As because, you should have. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, by us beating Oklahoma State, they were able to, to make it into the national championship and, and essentially win it too. So they, uh, we had a lot of Bama fans on our side when we were down in Destin. So, so weird turn of events. Yeah. It, it is funny how they love us and then LSU fans like actually kind of spite us a little bit. But then it's just like, <laughs> okay, like – I mean, if you guys want to be national championship, I understand you gotta you gotta beat a strong rival twice, and that and that sucks. But I mean, you should still. They didn't even yeah. pass the fifty yard line that game, I believe. Like that game, <laughs> they they got smoked by Bama. So it's like you guys can't even be mad about us because you didn't show up. So yep, yep, um, yep. <laughs> but so Josh, you mentioned you know you playing with Whedon at at uh, Houston. So correct me if I'm wrong, Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks, Indianapolis Colts, Cleveland Browns, and obviously Houston Texans. Are there any other teams I'm missing there? I think that's it. You said five, was there five there? Yeah, five. Yep, yep. yep. So that, that was it. It's 
I, I'm a big quarterback guy. I, I don't know why I obsess over them so much, but it's, it's so interesting. These guys that you played with, or at least I don't know if, if you had much of a personal relationship when you were with the organizations, but Jay Cutler, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Johnny Manziel. And like we mentioned, Whedon, so many different play styles, so many different play styles. And, and we've already talked about the variety of QBs that you played with at Iowa state. Was there, let me just pinpoint one Russell Wilson. Cause I think he's the best out of those five when you were playing with him in Seattle, or even just watching him sling the ball around, could you tell this guy is a different breed or was there, you know, maybe something that's like, Oh man, Jay Cutler could be that if he just had different coaching or, or was it just simply you knew the dogs from the rest? Yeah. You know, you make that comparison between Jay Cutler and, and Russell Wilson. And just from my standpoint, right. I was a, a free agent undrafted guy and, and came in when I got to Chicago, I had a pretty good idea that that was going to be short lived and they kind of had their guys already. And um, there wasn't much of an opportunity. Um, and so I didn't have much interaction with, with Jay. And um, I wouldn't say that he necessarily went out of his way to, you know, make a point to say, Hey, you know, I'm Jay, whatever. And, you know, from my from my standpoint it just the leadership when you're looking at like a jay cutler that's the quarterback of your organization versus a russell wilson you know i got out to to seattle and signed as the practice squad guy and um you know and i'm 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 taking um you know we're running routes and in, in practice and i'm catching balls from russell and you know you're part of the team it's a little bit different too because there's a lot you know, when you're on the practice squad, you're, you do everything that everybody else does, um, you know, because you're essentially the next guy up. But, you know, Russ, Russell, you know, made a point to say, hey, introduce himself. Glad, happy to have you here. Um, just, you know, all the, all the things that you would expect from a, a franchise quarterback. And even when I got released, um, you know, he came up to me and was like, hey, man, um, sorry about what happened. Um, I'll be praying for you. And so like, just, yeah. just like that type of dude and, you know, outside of, of football, because once you get to that level, I mean, all the, all those quarterbacks are great quarterbacks. They didn't get there for, you know, no, you know, any reason, like they're, they're the best of the best. And so there's more that goes to, into it than just having a good arm. Um, and so I think that's what really separates Russell is, you know, he's, he puts in the time outside of the facility and, um, you know, makes a point to, to, you know, be a leader of that, of that team. And I think you've seen it. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of him, you know, when he, when he wasn't starting and he was out there, um, you know, doing in the, you know, pretending he's in the huddle and, and doing running plays and stuff like that. Like I remember my time, I had a short stint in Seattle, but they traveled all their practice squad guys. And so Russell would go out there early. And so usually, I mean, I wasn't dressed and I was in the practice squad. So I would go out there and just run routes and I would catch for Russell doing, doing exactly what he was doing. Like, he'd be like, all right, um, this is what I'm going to run, or this is the play I'm running. This is the route you need to run. And, you know, he would practice those throws before the game, run through them. So that's, I mean, that he's been doing that. It's not like he just did that because he wasn't playing. Like that's, that's what he does. He puts in that time. And, um, you know, I think that's really what separates him is uh, you know, just being that leader and, and 
put in that extra work. Like I said, nothing. I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't around Jay long enough from, you know, what his routines were and, you know, how his relationship was with the, the guys that like his guys that he knew were going to be his guys. But I can just speak from experience and, and what I experienced with Russell and, and other guys. I mean, I could say the same thing about Matt Hasselback when I was in Indy. He was the backup and um, him and I would just, you know, pick apart the, the defense week in and week out. And, um, you know, just straight up down to earth guys and um, guys that I could probably reach out to now and they'd, they'd get back to me type of deal. Like just just overall good guys so um That's you know awesome. i met a lot of a lot of good good guys during my t- you know during my playing time in the nfl and um you know and andrew's the same way you know just just an, just an overall good dude and um, i was bleeding about andrew because I, I don't know if you heard i, I am a diehard colt fan really to say that i was broken hearted does not even suffice <laughs> i mean I'm also a realist. I totally get why he retired and you, you need to retire if that joy for the game is gone. So I totally mm-hmm. supported that decision. No one was a fan of the booze when he left that stadium, but just humor me. How was he as a guy? Cause he seems kind of like one of those nerds that you love, at least the you know portrayal of him on TV and his interviews. Was that him when you, he he's exactly what you would picture. And, yeah. and, and I used to tell people that about, about Jay too like what what you see is what you get and um and Andrew's the same way like just really good dude um really smart and I mean he really like he didn't have a smartphone like he had a flip phone like he didn't I think I think one time he was saying that like if he ever goes on social media he would go on his I think I can't remember if it was his girlfriend at the time or fiance or if they were married or whatever but he would use like her account <laughs> to go on social media, but doesn't have a social well, media. He had a flip a phone for phone. a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He go. has a he has a flip like he legitimately had a flip phone, and so. Um, but no, he he he's a great guy, awesome, awesome dude, great player, um, super smart. So I, yeah, I needed I, to hear I enjoyed. That. Thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, you, you kind of touched on it, undrafted. Um, obviously, at the pro day, what was it like just absolutely balling out at the pro day? Did you come in like, you know, a little bit chip on your shoulder because you, you didn't have a chance to showcase yourself? Or like, you know, were you just like, all right, you know, fuck it. I, I, I got nothing to lose here. But like, I, I mean, the measurements are, are insane and everyone drools over them nowadays. So I don't know if you just want to describe that the preparation for obviously there's a lot that goes into it too um and just how it felt to to basically you know kind of get your name out there um when you know before it was probably uh not on a lot of people's radars yeah no i uh you know just being a guy you know i think i was our leading receiver my my senior year with like 500 and some yards and um you know which isn't a lot like it's not that's not going to get your name out there you're not going to be on any draft boards or anything like that so i knew i had to go out there and put up a big number and um you know from my standpoint um i i I felt confident that i was going to go out there and and put up those numbers because uh, you know i was confident in my speed i know what i've done you know from a vertical standpoint when we've done max outs and and benching and and all that so i knew i was going to put up good numbers um 
and really that's what I was really banking on to, to get an opportunity is to put those numbers up, show, Hey, you know, I maybe didn't have the numbers, but I'm, I'm capable of, of, you know, excelling and, uh, and playing in the NFL. And so, um, you know, going into it, uh, you know, we, I just stayed at Iowa state and trained with, uh, CEO, uh, is what we call him. His name's Clayton Oyster. He was our assistant and every year he was the one that would do the, the pro day prep. And, um, uh, one thing that a lot of people didn't know is so going into that towards the end of my senior year, I messed up my shoulder and, um, ended up, it was a, it was a labrum deal. Um, didn't really feel it. And then I kind of woke up the next day and it was just, it was throbbing. It felt terrible. And I went to the doctor and I was like, he's like, Hey, here's, here's, here's the deal. He's like, you could get surgery now, but you're not going to be ready for pro day or we can treat it, help you, you know, feel better and, you know, get to your pro day. And if you decide you don't want to do bench or anything like that, then you just say you're not going to do it, but you'll still have an opportunity to do your 40 and all that stuff. So the rest of the season, you know, I just played with a bum shoulder and um, ended up essentially just strengthening everything around it. And, you know, CO, who, like I said, he was our assistant strength, strength coach. He did a lot of the speed and agility and everything and um, did all our pro day prep. And he helped me, you know, get ready for the bench and, and make sure that, you know, I was able to showcase, showcase my strength and everything and, and not have any question marks. And so I went into uh, pro day and ended up hitting 225, 21 times. And um, yeah, the, the shoulder, it, it was fine and, um, you know, didn't raise any red flags and um, never did end up getting surgery or anything like that. But um, you know, it worked out and I'm, I'm glad I didn't get surgery and, and go through that because like I said, I was, I was able to, to stick around the league for a little bit and it was an awesome experience. Yeah. Just to, just to tell our listeners four, three, five, 40 yard dash, 38.5 inch vertical, 10 foot one broad jump. And like he said, 21 reps on bench, which is stupid. That is insane. And, and, Obviously, it led you to the NFL. So I want to preface this. Aside from the Seahawks, the Colts, Bears, Browns, and Texans are all with a new head coach now. So hopefully that might give you a little bit more light to shed on this question. But what was surprising about those four teams' cultures? Again, I'm not going to ask you about the Seahawks. I won't, I won't put that on you. But was there one that you walked in? And I mean, I'm just going to put them on blast. The Browns. Stefanski came in there and obviously turned stuff around. They, they feel they felt like a franchise has been in turmoil ever, you know, before Stefanski for so long, but out of those four teams, you know, which one had the best culture and which one had the worst culture? Yeah, it's a good question. And, um, you know, for me, it, it's hard. There's a few that I just wasn't around long enough to, to really get in, engulfed in, in the culture and, um, you know, the Bears had a new coach at the head time at, at that time, which was which was Trestman. And I, I really liked Trestman. He was he's definitely a player's coach. He tried taking care of the guys and um, made sure everybody was fresh and, you know, kind of just gave a little bit of a different spin to things, you know, from a practice standpoint and all that. 
didn't end up working out for him, but I, I didn't mind Trestman. Um, when I got out to Seattle, great, great culture out there. The team was really close, a very competitive environment. I mean, practices were, you know, one of the most competitive that I've been, you know, organizations I've been on um, going one-on-one or, you know, ones versus ones uh, quite a bit of the practice. It's um, awesome. But I loved Indianapolis. Um, I organization was awesome. Uh, Love Pagano, to hear it. Pagano was the absolute man. Um, you know, just the team. And like I said, that was, that was definitely, I mean, that was my longest stint. I was there for a couple seasons and that really helped just, like I said, just getting in, engulfed in, in the culture and, and being around the players and, you know, kind of just building that bond with those guys. Um, had a lot of great players and, you know, we were one, one away from the Super Bowl that my, my rookie year. And it was just, it was just, it was fun. We were winning. We were, um, you know, had a good group of guys and the culture was awesome. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, gosh, why am I drawing a blank right now of the, um, the owner Ursay, Ursay, yeah. you know, just for reference, like, so for Christmas, I mean, the, the organization doesn't have to give the players anything for Christmas, right? Like they don't have to, but, um, you know, my rookie year, um, what we got for Christmas from Ursay was a um, X, uh, Xbox One. He gave every player an Xbox One. And, you know, my last season that I played, I was in Houston, and we got a cookbook. <laughs> a cookbook. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, so that answers that, that answers our question of best and worst culture right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever use the cookbook? Yeah, I, no, you I don't, could get more mileage out of that potentially. I don't know. You could. I don't know if we still have it or not. I bet we do somewhere up in the kitchen. I don't know, but no. And the, the Browns, you could just tell that organization was kind of in shambles from the get go. Um, I actually had a really good preseason there. And um, when I got released, I had um, some of the players go on Twitter and like say, how is this, you know, how is this guy not, how did he not make the roster type of deal? So that was kind of yeah. cool. I mean, it, it sucked because obviously you don't want to get released, but um, you know, it was, it was cool to see guys um, like Dante Whitner and, um, uh, Brian Hartline and those guys that were like leaders of that team go on Twitter and, you know, stick up for you and say, Hey, this guy should have made the team type of deal. And I had a lot of coaches reach out after the fact and say, Hey, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, like that, that, like that was the conversation. Like I'm, I'm really sorry yeah. because they have no say it's all front office and, and everything like that. But you know, it is what it is. You had, um, you know, I think they had Dwayne Bow that that year, and he was uh, guaranteed like eight or nine million. And I think that season he played maybe fifteen snaps the entire season. So when oh you're there's, there's so there's so many politics that go into it, right? Like you could have a great preseason, but when it comes down to it, like they don't have any money invested in you. So yeah, they have eight or nine million guaranteed for 
somebody else and nothing for you, there's no reason for them to keep you no matter what you do. So, um, so that, that, that's kind of the frustrating side of it too. When, once you get to that level, there's, there's a lot of politics and, and everything that go into it, but, um, you know, I enjoyed my time there. All the players were great and, um, you know, just wasn't in the cards. So, uh, man, so yeah, th- yeah, that, that's a, that's a heartbreaker, but you know, you did have some really great years. I, I, I believe you had a touchdown in the pregame with the Chicago bears too. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but it's, cl- it's, it's good to hear that at least the players are vouching because that's always what you hear. You can't fool the players. You, you can maybe fool the front office, but you can't fool the players. So that's, that's truly how you know that you should have earned a spot on that team. So uh, hopefully that peace of mind, you know, will help. But nonetheless, that, that doesn't always take away the, the burn of that. That's I, I, I felt oh, no. like a knot in my stomach hearing that, that, that sucks. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, you, you realize that real quick once you get in the league and um, it, that's just, that's just the business of it. Right. It's, it's all, you're just, uh, you're just a player. Right. And so it, like I said, if there's, if there's money invested elsewhere and there's not any in you, um, it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to be good for you, but, um, but yeah, no, those, those guys are great. And like you said, it, it, there's some validation there when, when you have players sticking up for you and, um, you know, saying that's that stuff. I mean, they didn't have to say any of that, but it was, it was cool, cool to see them do that, you know, after I'd gotten released and, you know, kind of stick up, stick up for me. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to transition to a, a lighter subject here. Um, how does it feel to probably attend Iowa state when our uniforms were maybe at their worst? Um, <laughs> I, I know you Ooh. probably have like a, a sentimental value with them, but I, I like even just looking at like old photos and stuff like that, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and yeah, you can was... certainly try and make your case for them, I guess. Or, or do you feel like you're like kind of missed out because like, they're kind of cool now um, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or the use of black. Uh. No, personally, my favorite was the, the, the all yellow. <laughs> was, was that when we beat Texas in Austin? Was that all yellow? No, no. Oh, all man. yellow, I think, was, was in Ames. But, oh, man, those were bad. Those were bad. And I remember it, too, because they laid them out. Like, you know, you don't really know going – you walk in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Newt's got it. And you, you walk in, and you know they kind of have them laid there. And I just remember thinking, "What are we doing? <laughs> like, this is not it." Like they were trying to like give us a bump, like, "Oh yeah, new new uniforms, all that." And it was just like, "No, no, not not. This is not it." But no, and it was. I mean, whatever. I wasn't like a big. I didn't really care what we wore. I mean, obviously, um, you know, look good, feel good, play good type of deal. But, you know, Rose was real big on, I think he lightened up a little bit after, after we left, but we couldn't wear armbands. We couldn't, you know, do any of that stuff. Like you, there was no swag outside of just like tucking your shirt, you know, look, 
like a football player and that's it. Or, or look like a, like a mustard bottle. Yeah, seriously. And so I remember, uh, you know, I think the most that we ever did to try to like add some swag is we'd all wear like baggy shirts underneath our jersey. So they would hang out the bottom. Like that was that was the extent of it. But then you get yelled at by the refs to to tuck it in. <laughs> Otherwise, you can get a penalty. So I'm like, this is my bullshit. goodness. No kidding. All right. I got to follow up to that. I feel like every week there's this debate on Twitter too. Um, and it's always into like Iowa State logo. You know, I, I guess, do you like the current logo? Would you do something that's retro or, or cooler or not just a block eye with the state what are your kind of thoughts on that you know um, i everyone's very opinionated about this at iowa state so i think it's always interesting to get yeah you know, and i think it's players perspective I, I think it's definitely more controversial for the fans like i think the fans care more about it than the players i mean the i mean personally i i don't i didn't give a shit like whatever it is whatever like we'll wear it like it's not going to affect the way that we play type of deal but i think it's more of a fan you know a fan deal where it's like all right you know this logo looks cool on a shirt so let's i want to wear that right um i love i do love the jack trice logo like that oh yeah that is so slick so awesome has meaning behind it like i i love that so i would love to see that incorporated more into iowa state but as far as you know, the traditional logos and the retro ones. As a player, I don't, I don't think you take much stake in that. Honestly, I think that, like I said, I think it's more of a, more of a, a fan controversy than, than anything else. So his answer is walking side, Jamie Pollard, Josh Lentz is walking <laughs> side. Let's bring it back. The tornado. I want to make sure it's not bugle. <laughs> bugle cyclone or we are a cyclone on this podcast so which one is that that was the one that they they wore for texas in 2018 night game on thursday and then they got just stomped it's the only time we ever wore it on the uniform and they were like making a big deal about it they're like talking about potentially bringing back uh or like using an alternate logo and then they used it and it was not good and they still use it as like a secondary and like it's on broadcast and stuff, but Oh my gosh, it is. It's gross. Josh, I'm going to send it to your DMS right now. All right. right, Just take, take one moment and just let us know what you think. All right. Let me check it out. I'm sure I'll know which one it is. Oh yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yep. I remember, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, hate that one it's not it's not terrible like i, I don't know there's, there's it's just the fact ones. that it it looks so much like a bugle it does, it does. they have <laughs> such a good tornado logo and they do not use it like did, the they, 80s, did they do that one with the the black at all the bugle like, yeah mm-hmm. the black and white for some reason i feel like it would maybe one cool look thing they've done with the black, black is they one time did the the eye state in color and then they had a black helmet. And I thought okay. that was one of the coolest uniforms because normally they just do the white outline with the I state yeah. block, but they kept it filled with the color and it, it looked amazing. And I yeah. they haven't done that in a while. The other thing that like I, especially now on Twitter this week, I don't know if you noticed, but like the bookstore and stuff was pushing the spirit week for homecoming, but they were pushing, you know, Cy NATO. 
And so yeah. everyone was kind of thinking that there might be an incorporation of Cyanato into uniforms, which could still happen because all Cyclone equipment did was just say red, red, white, which means it could change like a helmet decal or something with it. But it mm. is just really interesting to, to see how, I don't know, like we are the only division one football team with the name Cyclones and they don't do anything like visually yeah. with Cyclones or Tornado <laughs> and Tornadoes are badass. Like, yeah, they're very cool. They're very Iowa. And like they should use that to have a uniqueness versus a, a block. I state. you know, like, yeah, people are like, what state is that? Is that Illinois? Like it, you get the people that just have, you know, if right. they're not familiar with college athletics. And stuff. You can tell the fans have been thinking about this a lot like Jacob and I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I was, have much yeah. else to do with my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was say, I've, I've been seeing it on, on Twitter and everything. Everybody's freaking out about it. And it's, it is, it is pretty comical, but um, no, I, I think, I think the, uh, the Cynata would be, would be cool that they broke it out. I think everybody would, would freak out if we did that. I think that'd be kind of cool, but I, I don't no like blue. the blue. I think, yeah, Just I was no, say, blue. no blue, no blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe right, Cynata will make it all red. And it looks mm-hmm. cool. You can do a black outline or a white outline, but just yeah. you can't keep incorporating blue. We're already getting shit for black, which I don't care. I think it's, I love it. I love all the backlash on black, but yeah, like uh, to, to your point, I would love to see more black and, and cardinal and gold incorporate like together as opposed yeah, to that'd just, be cool. like, just black or, you know, just cardinal and gold, just incorporate them all together. I think that'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. if We could somehow do that, but like I, I said, totally I don't think agree. the players are taking too much stake in 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 what they're wearing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, Josh, I I got two more questions. By the way, if that's okay, how much how much yeah. time do you have? I don't want to take up too much of it. The the kids are in bed, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. Or at least well, I hope they're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I like music. Do you like music? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You like music. Yeah. No, That's my it. best way to segue into this question. So I'm not a big rap guy, but I, I appreciate a good bar when I hear it. And I want to get your opinion. Rank these three bars from best to worst. Okay. okay. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man by Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I'm living in the future. So the present is my past. My presence is a present. Kiss my ass, Kanye. My name is Jay Lenz. I'm from IA. And on the hottest days, I'd be bailing hay, Josh Lenz. So rank those best to worst. Easily, the Jay Lenz bar is number one. No Absolutely. Absolutely. No <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It always gets brought up. Always I couldn't not. Bad. If you search, this is for our listeners. If you search Josh Lenz on YouTube, you'll see the first video, just insane highlights. And then the second one, you'll know exactly what I mean. I'll, I'll try and create a little highlight of it for Instagram. Oh, man. That's what? that's brutal. Was that you and Jake Knott and who else? So it was me, Jake Knott, AJ Klein, Kyle Lichtenberg, and Bo Blankenship. And Those were some high-profile guys in that video. Yeah, we like we're I mean, like I said, so the four of us were all roommates, and then Bo was just he was always in our apartment because he was he was our guy. But um for all the freshmen, you had to do a talent show. And so you had to get up in front of the entire team 
and do some sort of talent. And usually, usually it resulted in like a boo, like, you know, whatever people are throwing stuff at you, get off the stage, all this stuff. So we're like, let's just avoid that. And we'll just make a stupid music video. And that's what we did. So Kyle Lichtenberg was like really good at garage band on, on Mac. And so he would like make his own songs. He could like play guitar. And so like, whatever he, he was really good at it. And so we just put this thing together and instead of getting up on stage and, and making a fool of ourselves, well, we still did that, but we played the video and everybody lost their minds. They loved it. Like we had a standing yeah. ovation. Everybody was freaking out. Like it was, it was awesome. It was by far the best, best performance and uh, well worth it. Still the best. What a 10, 10 years later, I'm still hearing about well, it. I love how it was to don't stop believing. You wouldn't really think to uh, create a rap riff over that, but you guys made it work. <laughs> and also the whole, uh, what is it? Just just a small town boy. Like, I mean, it yeah. fits. I'm yeah. bailing hay. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, so I, I don't know if Newt has a question. I just got one more and it's a stupid question. Okay. All right. I played football through high school. Um, loved it wasn't good enough to do anything more than that. But to this day, I will still get nightmares about me being out on a football field and, and forgetting my helmet or, or being out about to hike the ball and forgetting the play. Does that happen with everyone else? I mean, you have, you've had so many years playing football at so many different levels. I, I can't be the only one. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I still, I still have those where for me it is, not being able to get ready in time for the game, like trying to like yeah. tie my shoes or something. And I can't tie it fast enough or like something happens. And I know the game is about to start or the game's going on. And I'm like, shit, like I need to be out there. But like, I, I, like I said, I'm forgetting something or I'm, I can't tie my shoe or something. And it's like the worst thing ever. Like it's yeah. terrible. But yes, you're not alone. I I for sure have those. <laughs> New, do you have those? Dude, all of my dreams honestly like suck and they're like super realistically boring. <laughs> like I I I've literally when I was a kid, I remember having a dream one time where I went through a day of high school and like it was like I was falling asleep on like a Tuesday night. I went through a Wednesday day. Um, and I woke up and I thought it was Thursday. And then I like was traumatized because like I showered and like got up, ate breakfast. And then I, I think my mom mentioned something and I was like, oh no, it's Thursday. And she's like, it is Wednesday. And I was like, no. So I literally went to like school <laughs> in a dream, um, which I think is honestly worse, but <laughs> that, oh, that's that, funny. we've gotten to the portion of the interview where there's two terrible things to talk about on a podcast. One is your fantasy football lineup. And two is trying to explain your dreams that never make sense. So <laughs> you can tell we're, we're at the, the back end of this interview. Man. Oh, it's great. It's been well, a blast so far. Yeah, man. Newt, do you have any more? I, I'm, I'm good. I did not. All I wanted to say was obviously we, we really appreciate you taking the time, Josh. If there's anything that you want to promote, anything you've been working on or Anything that you, um, you know, a passion that you're pursuing on the side post-career that you'd love to talk about, we'd love to hear it more on, on kind of, you know, what's what's driving Josh Lenz. But, you know, other than that, you know, we we seriously appreciate the time. Um, and it's been a blast. Yeah, no, I mean, nothing nothing crazy, man. I, like I said, I 
three kiddos now, so they, they keep me pretty busy. And um, from a work standpoint, I work for uh, True North Insurance, which is an insurance brokerage firm, and I, I handle employee benefits. And so really, I've been doing that for about two years and, and really enjoying that. Uh, I actually work alongside another fellow cyclone, Lane Danielson, um, in our West Des Moines office. So Love it. Um, we got a, got a few sites. And then uh, we actually just hired uh, Pat Neal, too. So um, he was there when he was DN when I was there. Mm-hmm. So we got a few cyclones in our office. And um, yeah, it's, it's fun to work with those guys. And um, if I'm not working and, and chasing my kids, then I'm then I'm probably golfing because uh, um, that's that's kind of my, my hobby outside of, of work and, and being a dad and uh, a husband is is getting out in the golf course whenever I can. So, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, nothing too crazy, man. Just, uh, just, just surviving out here. <laughs> Living the girl dad life and playing golf and selling insurance. Talk about the life, man. Well, um, <laughs> dude, we really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It was tons of fun. Hopefully we can do this maybe again in the future, but Nonetheless, the last thing we do whenever we close out these interviews is just give our listeners a solid roll clones. I don't know if, if anyone else is trying to do it, but we're trying to make it our thing. I, I think we're doing an okay job of it. So Josh, appreciate you, man. And roll clones. Roll clones, baby. All right. That was Josh Lenz. We honestly had a blast talking to Josh. Um, hoping to see him here at homecoming this weekend. We're, we're both going to be back and hopefully it's a, a good weekend, a we get a good Iowa State result as well, which leads us into our preview of, of Okie State. Mason, mm-hmm. how you feeling? Eighth-ranked Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys coming in This is Jack Trice. This is bad for Iowa State fans, or not Iowa State fans, just Iowa State football, that I'm, again, feeling good. I don't feel confident. I'm just thinking this is the win that Iowa State has Every single year, there's always one win that will secure. That's usually a huge upset. It just feels like it's brewing. This homecoming matchup, Brocktober, baby. And and like we've talked about earlier, Oklahoma State is always such a fun game. They are it's always very close, though. Um I think Iowa State will barely win, and it will be a very fun game throughout i don't i don't know though i because truth be told oklahoma state does scare me i got a lot of respect for this program like i said earlier and they've been balling out against good opponents they beat baylor 24 14 uh texas 32 24 and i and kansas state 2031 you know very similar score to how we just beat kansas state recently but that also means we can probably put up with them and give them a good fight. I would be very, very surprised if we lose by more than one possession, but I, I'm, I'm feeling good, unfortunately for everyone else. Cause that means there could be a jinx, you know, coming to play here, but I, I think we'll, I think we'll squeeze by. Dude, do you, have you seen, have you, let's play guess the line. Great. Great. Content. <laughs> I was just pulling it up. All right. I'll guess. Um, you just did you look at it? No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm Guess guessing what this line is Okie State plus 2.5. It's Okie State plus seven. I would say it's favored by a full touchdown. Oh man, I don't like that. That that makes no sense. I 
I don't, do you think like this has to be up there? They are literally a top 10 team and they are, they are underdogs by a full touchdown on the road. Like, that doesn't that, make sense. Vegas has been paying it to Brocktober though. They're, they, excuse me, they've been paying attention to Brocktober, which I, but we've I been over this. The only kryptonite to Brocktober is these motherfuckers. <laughs> yep. You're not they're, wrong. They're the only ones that can somehow like, whatever pull something out of their ass and i mean gundy's gundy and lincoln riley are the only two coaches in the big 12 with a winning record against matt campbell um so i'm if i'm a betting man which i'm not i am that iowa state minus seven is very intriguing this is a weird line and like vegas always knows like they they do they, there's a reason why Vegas is Vegas and it's a reason there, why there's Vegas something is, they know that we don't <laughs> They have a lot of algorithms and math and statistics and shit. Um, I don't know, man, this is, this is an interesting game. Um, you know, so, I think, I think some things that play to our, our, our credit here is Oklahoma state has literally had like four straight ranked matchups in a row. This team's been through the ringer. They've won all four. Mm-hmm. They granted they've been close. You know they played Boise State, I believe, when Boise State was still ranked, um, mm-hmm. and etched. You know, eked out a one point win. They beat K State when I think K State was right on the the cups of the top twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they beat Baylor after Baylor beat us when Baylor was ranked, and then they beat Texas last week when Texas was barely ranked as well. All wins. It's hard, man. It's hard to keep playing tough opponents week in and week out. You're on the road. Your team's a little tired. Um, so I, I do think that factors in into it a little bit. Like, you know, but I, I also think like, I mean, Gundy just knows, like he knows he's going to get mm-hmm. tough tests from Campbell and they show up. Um, so he prepares I, uh, very well. Huh? He prepares very well. He does. He's a man. He's 40. Um <laughs> That's still on the greatest quotes. Um, oh, dude. It, it, I will never not love Gundy specifically for that quote. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how I'm feeling with it. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma State's, you know, there's a reason why they're ranked where they are. Iowa State's been looking better. Um, that K-State wins big. But I, I think the this is a, a a focus group. I think I think they realize. And, I mean, Campbell came out with a quote this week where it's like, we want to get back in the big 12 race and they know mm-hmm. that to get into that, they basically have to be perfect here from on out. And there's no better way to get in the big 12 race than to take down the team that is directly in front of you in the conference standings and mm-hmm. would be great to have the tiebreak grow over when you both have a conference loss. So, um, you know, no. I think Josh is going to be bumping. I think homecoming is going to be great. I am. I'm like, 58% Iowa State win. I'm going to do like computer models for all my predictions now. I, I think that's the best way to go. Um, yeah. But yeah. So what's what's interesting, I am looking at the stats from their past, you know, few games. And beginning of the year, it seemed like their rush defense was pretty stout. Um, however, these last two matchups against Texas and Baylor, two good running backs in Abram Smith and Bijan Robinson – they had field days against them. Um, and it feel, I feel good about Brees Hall, obviously. Um, 
Oh man. And, and Spencer Sanders, I have a lot of respect for him too. I think he's, I think he can be a very good quarterback, but he can also be very streaky. And, um, in this season, just kind of from a quick glance at his stats, not diving into it too much. It's, he still seems to be pretty consistent with that. Very just streaky. And, and I, I can never get a read on him because some days he plays like the best quarterback in the big 12. Some days, some days he plays like the worst. Um, and I don't know. Oklahoma state is always a hard one to predict. I don't like the line. I don't think we're going to win by more than a touchdown. I would, I would take it, you know, Newt's language. I'd love to be wrong there, but I think it's going to be a close game and I would be very shocked if it's, if it's won either way by more than a touchdown. Yes. I also realized the biggest factor here is that I'm going to be at the game and Iowa state refuses to win games that I attend and spend yeah. money to fly back and, and, you know, use my hard earned vacation days on and they probably just know somehow. So I'm actually feeling less confident now, but. Um, and so am I. <laughs> Thank you for that new. Of course. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to, jinx. you know, not jinx. You, you just, it's sports. I feel like I jinx it's sports. You cannot let your hope, like if you come in with your hopes and dreams, like as this one thing, it's way easier when they get crushed. If you thought like, Oh, this was actually a possibility, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very pessimistic, but yeah. <laughs> it's also being an Iowa state fan it is. with that. I don't have much else as always. Um, we appreciate you guys either. listening. Mm-hmm. We want to give a special shout out to BNC Fieldhouse, Ben King of Ames, best drink deals on Welch. Amazing cheeseburgers. I don't eat meat. So Mason says that they're amazing cheeseburgers and I believe him. And uh, And best place to watch the big game. Best place to watch the big big game. There's playoff baseball going on. Football's in the swing of it. Basketball's just starting up. Hockey's just starting up. I mean, you have no excuse to not visit BNC Fieldhouse, AJ's, Mickey's. And have a good time on on Welch Ave. So if you if you hate BNC Fieldhouse, I'm revoking your <laughs> listenership right now. Yeah, we disavow you. Like <laughs> we, we disavow. also disavow Bugle logo. Um, lastly, we obviously want to thank Josh Lenz for for giving us his time. It was a blast talking to him, uh, and we really appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll get to talk to him soon and possibly meet up with him in person as well. Please give him a follow, shout out, whatever. Show him some mm. love on, on the socials. And mm. um, with that, roll clones. Oh, I got I got one, one quick thing. One quick thing. Okay. okay. So this is just between me, Newt, and whoever made it this far. <laughs> Liam, the past few episodes, you guys have probably heard it. We've, we've been asking him to edit it out. He might be purposefully not editing it out because they're kind of funny, but... This is his test. This is what could strip his label from super producer to little baby intern. Okay. So right here, Liam, if you made it this far, put in an air horn sound right now. If you successfully incorporate an air horn sound, you will have super producer as your title. If not, then you'll have, you'll be down. You'll be demoted to intern until Newton and I say so. Is that fair? That works. But Liam, instead of an air horn, can you put like a little siren, like a cyclone siren? Okay, that would make more sense. We got to be on brand.
So. Okay. Do okay. both. Okay. No, With just that. do the, yeah. Pick, pick and choose Liam. If you do whatever, then you get to be super producer still. All right. Amazing. With that, okay. roll clones. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Have a good one, guys.